Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, before we get into the episode with Carlos Whitaker, just want to let you know that this conversation was from a couple months ago when I went to Nashville. I recorded a bunch of conversations all in one day, and so this comes from that, so we're not... This was pre-corona. This was pre-all the unrest that was going on in our country. So you're not going to hear any references to that. Just wanted to make you aware. Uh, But also just wanted to say that recently I posted a video conversation between Carlins and T.D. Jakes. And uh, all the theology justice warriors came in force that I had never heard from previously. uh, Because I guess I had countered what their interpretation of my account was. And uh, I just wanted to provide comment there. Like I, I've had such interesting comments on this one post that I've never heard on any of my other posts because uh, it's, it looks like I'm promoting TD Jakes or Carl Lentz. The fact of the whole thing was that I had watched the conversation, the video and felt like it was a meaningful discussion about race. They weren't talking about modalism or denying the Trinity or uh, any other kind of critiques that people have of T.D. Jakes and Carl Lentz. I've got all those. Like, I agree with you that, that their theology is different than mine. But most of the people commenting didn't even watch the video, wouldn't even give it a chance. Like, that's my whole deal. It's like on both sides, I wish people would have empathy on both sides so so many commenters wouldn't even give it the time of day just to watch the video on what i was talking about they immediately thought i was promoting these two dudes and all of their theologies like what an ignorant close-minded way of navigating your life where you only watch and listen to people that you know that you already agree with like yes of course they have differing theological beliefs than me But I'm at least willing to say, oh, T.D. Jakes provides a perspective that I could never have myself as a regular white dude. He's lived through things that I will have never had to live through. And I was trying to share and expose that perspective because it was helpful for me to understand, oh, shit, I actually don't understand all of this. And actually, I can't speak to all these things in an educated way because I've never had to live and experience the things that he's gone through. And so people quick to comment, people need the gospel, not a rant on white privilege. Thanks. And then I said, and maybe a smidge of empathy, 
and the warrior woman said, empathy is definitely not of the fruit of the spirit. Like, can you, like, maybe I completely don't understand what empathy is, but I responded saying empathy is literally an inevitable byproduct of living out the fruits of the spirit. What are the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Maybe I missed one. If you're living out those things, won't you inevitably try to understand the people around you in order to communicate with them and love them? How can you love someone without understanding their perspective? Jesus did this all the time. He interacted with people that were sinners in all different walks of life with people that to the world's eyes were forgotten or cast out or looked down upon. That's all I was trying to do was say, Hey, this conversation had some great points and TD Jakes had a helpful perspective about race issues in Western Christian culture. The pinnacle of what he was saying was basically like, we want you, we want what you want to live to have access to the same opportunities as white people as a base baseline do. Yes, there's outliers and nuance to all of this. And it's just so interesting to me how people, how people latch on to promote it. That the fact that I was promoting false teachers when what I was truly trying to do was promote understanding of why this is a whole issue. And you're proving my point that people would rather latch on to secondary issues than a massive evil that's happening in our world instead of like addressing it head on like this. Oh, this pisses me off because this is the whole issue. People would rather avoid the massive issue that's in our face and bicker about secondary BS. Like got it. Like certain pieces of theology are not secondary. Like the gospel is true and I believe it and wholeheartedly would not teach it the way T.D. Jakes teaches it. But I also can't argue with his life experience, and that's what he talked about in the conversation with Carl Lentz. So, yeah, all these all these people with the comments, bro, I thought you were against prosperity preachers. Like, yes, just watch the freaking video and see why I posted it instead of just commenting. Like, people just calling Carl Lentz a douchebag. Bit perplexed here, false teachers and all. I hope you're joking. T.D. Jakes is a false teacher straight from hell. You're kidding, right? Like, this is a time where at least I have personally been trying to reflect on ways that I've helped perpetuate the advantages that I get for the color of my skin and not been aware and empathetic and concerned with the disadvantages of just having dark skin in America. That's why people are so freaking frustrated is that for so long these differences were not a concern of white people and that's all I wanted to share the video I had no like really great informed words to share and I thought T.D. Jake's words in this video were helpful to me it was helpful for me to understand why people were grieving and that's why I wanted to share it so if you want to unfollow me because you think I'm promoting false teachers so be it like I started this account with zero followers. And if I end with zero followers, uh, I'll probably get a lot more time in my life back anyway. 
So uh, I wanted to do my part to say, hey, try to understand why people are so pissed. And uh, if you're so distracted by the two people that were in the conversation, then that's your own problem. Uh, I'm going to post whatever I want to post whenever I want to post it in, in hopes of being a help to others, not only to dis- discern theological issues, not only to discern whether or not it's okay to get rich off the gospel, but also to discern where the freaking log is in our own eye and where we're missing the mark. And this week I've realized that I've missed the mark significantly. So I'm trying to find ways to be helpful. So that's all I wanted to say on the intro. Thanks for listening. Uh, this conversation was really great and a completely different theme uh, with Carlos Whitaker, but I think it'll be helpful for you. So take a listen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being patient with me. Obviously I'm imperfect and I'm doing this thing in a messy way, but I'm learning and I'm trying to be helpful. Uh, and I'm also trying to understand multiple perspectives. Thanks for checking out the podcast as always. It's a huge honor to be, to have such a platform and to be able to speak about these kind of things. I know it's not what a lot of, what a lot of you came for, but I hope we can all grow in empathy, grow in love, grow in all the fruits of the spirit. Got it. Empathy is not a fruit of the spirit, but it's a byproduct of the fruit of the spirit. And uh, I just hope that we can all learn and grow together and hope that we can move the needle in helping in such an evil that uh, racism is. So thanks again for listening and enjoy the conversation with Carlos Whitaker. Hey, yo, what up? It's the Preachers of Seekers podcast, the podcast nobody asked for. No one has literally ever asked for this podcast, but this is my favorite part of running the Preachers and Sneakers Instagram. On today's episode, I got to talk with Carlos Whitaker, Los Wit on Instagram. Uh, he's an author, speaker, disruptor, hope dealer. We talk about his career going viral on YouTube in 2011. We also talk about the books he's written, the speaking tours that he's done, his online classes, but also we talk about celebrity and consumerism uh, in church culture. We talk a little bit about preachers and sneakers. We talk a little bit about mental health, which I which I thought was super impactful. Um, I'm very grateful for the things that he shared, and I was I was especially moved by uh, some of the thoughts he had on this whole discussion. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Carlos Whitaker. So I'm sitting here with my, uh, are we Instagram friends? We're Instagram friends, I think. I follow you. I don't know if you follow me. No, I definitely follow you. Hopefully after this will be friend friends. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Author, speaker, disruptor. Wow. Uh, Did I write that about myself? I don't know. I I found that somewhere online. Maybe it was was a fan. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe a, a parody account. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so you do a ton of things in the world. You yeah. live here in Nash. I live eight minutes from here. You have great hair, by the way. Appreciate it. I know you can't see it, but it's all it, it all fell off the top of my head. Huge head of hair <laughs> rolled down to my chin. Hey, it works. It works well. Yeah, I, I wish you. I could grow a beard. Right. No, you actually have good locks too. I mean, don't, don't want to give it away, but thank you. But uh, <laughs> nice locks. Thank FYI. you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've been blessed with really good uh, soft hands. Yeah. And pretty good hair. Yeah. Uh, so whatever that. Well, I mean, what, I can touch your hands later. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> people like, so I was, I was in the military before, like in the Marines. Oh, so like really? A war fighter. Yet people will shake my hands and be like, wow, what do you do to your <laughs> skin? I'm like, I really don't want this. <laughs> that's like, I, amazing. I promise I was a war fighter at one point in life. <laughs> but um, so you've done a lot of things and uh, I want to get into some of the serious yeah, stuff yeah. later. But for people that don't know you, um, I want to talk about a couple of things that you've done. Sure. So if you Google Carlos Whitaker, probably the first thing that comes up is this viral video 
that yeah. uh, called Single Ladies Devastation. <clears throat> and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but That's do fine. you mind talking through that whole experience? Because we've probably gone through some of the same things as far as like yeah. virality or whatever the word is well, out of our control. Well, the funny thing is, is this, you know, this happened... I think before really viral things were even called viral, you know, it was, what was it? 2001? No, 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 no. It was 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was 2011. Um, and my, you know, so I mean, we're nine years ago now, but YouTube was brand new at the time, you know, and my kids and myself and my wife were on our way to a Braves game in downtown Atlanta. And y'all lived there at the time. We lived, we lived in Atlanta at the time working at North Point community church. Okay. Um, Who is that? That that's some um, Andrew Stanley. It's his uh, name. Yes. Yeah, that, that's his name. Andrew Stanley. <laughs> I called him Andrew. Everyone else calls him Andy. You know, a little bit, whatever. So we're on our way to Braves game, and the Beyonce single ladies came on. I mean, the song came on the radio. My kids start going nuts in the back, like they're singing, "Oh, the single ladies." And um, my, I guess my kids were like five, four, and two at the time. And my youngest, my son, Losiah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this gum out because I'm probably. This probably sounds That cup gross. is yours if is you want to. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll drink. I'll just put it on okay. my lap and tell me. All right, yeah. And put, so, under, put it under the table. Don't yeah, tell yeah, Andy. Yeah, put it on. Tell Andy it's not <laughs> under the southwest corner of your table. Um, so I decided, you know, I'm filming them because I think it's cute. I'm going to send it to my mom. What kind of LA. phone did you have at the time? At the time, it was, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming maybe the iPhone 2. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Pre the, 3G. Oh, pre 3G. <laughs> you know. And so, um, I mean, the video quality is horrible. If you look at it, you can go look at it right now. But I decide halfway through the video to tell my son that who's going crazy singing, oh, that he's not a single lady. So I tell him he's not a single lady. Homeboy just starts crying. He's devastated. His ethos is cracked in half. And he is, all his dreams are, and he's just wailing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? So me and my, everyone in the car suddenly like starts to like console him and my daughters are reaching over to him and they're giving me like eat crap looks at me and they're like dad how, <laughs> how can you make, you, how can you make him cry and then my wife is like what's happening and so i like a great parenting move said well no, of course you can be a single lady if you want right like i'm trying to like calm the crying child so but this is a real parenting this situation is, this is real parenting like this is why i don't get invited to a lot of parenting it's uh, like a symposiums. pivotal moment for your yeah. yeah and so you know whatever he he cries and and i thought it was funny Funny enough to not just send it to my mom, who I was initially recording the video for, but to upload it to YouTube. Well, at the time, I had this thing called a blog. I don't know if people even know what a blog Ooh. is. You know, you would you would have what to, in order to read people's thoughts, you'd have to type www something on on a web browser to go. It was like pre-Instagram, right? And it had, you, so, you wrote words? I wrote words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not crazy. entertaining. Not entertaining. pictures? Yeah, with, barely. Mm. So I put this video up on my blog that night, and Perez Hilton somehow got a hold of it and yeah and that's where it started so he got a hold of it he posted it well the next morning i woke up to Mm -hmm. all these missed calls we were on all the shows on every morning show on all the late shows all of them for the next few weeks you know they're all interviewing me because the video went viral everyone thought it was funny my i told my kid he wasn't single lady started crying (laughs) well then sure enough we ended up winning seven months later that it kept going we won uh, the People's Choice Award for Viral Video of the Year. So what? we got flown. By what organization? The, the People's Just Choice People's Award. Choice yeah, Awards. The, whoever they are. So <laughs> so Mark Burnett owns the People's Choice Awards. So it's like its own thing. So um, we we get a, we get a uh, email. I get an email saying, hey, I'm a producer of People's Choice Awards. We want to nominate you for Viral Video of the Year. Uh, and this was 2011. So we were up against the Double Rainbow guy. I don't know if anybody remembers yes. that, that dude. Double he, Rainbow. Double Rainbow. So I was like, well, no way we're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> but sure enough, we got flown to L.A. 
picked up in a limo, walked down the red carpet, Queen freaking Latifah herself oh my God. on national television, hands my family a Crystal <laughs> People's Choice Award. And we are now, and then it just continued. I'm telling you, bro, this little thing went continued on and on. And so it was just crazy, man. You know, some people... Some people call that blessing. Some people call that favor. Some people call that luck, whatever. Uh You know, I just know that that whenever something like that happens, like my immediate, honestly, kind of like you, my immediate thought is like, well, this just went viral. Lord, what what can I do? Uh Like, like, like what can I do um, for your name's sake? And so... Um, that really, you know, you were in a pastor capacity at the time or, uh, at the time, yeah, you're you also a worship leader at the time. Yeah. I was a worship leader at the time. At the time I actually was signed with, um, integrity music. So I was about to, I was about to come out with my first worship record, literally five days after this video went viral. Um, my record came out and it was like a C minus of a worship record. I mean, I am not a very good singer. There's a lot of auto tune. Like it was, it, and it's fine. You know, like I was like a really bad Chris Tomlin, right? Like, <laughs> like just bad. Like I, I was that something that you loved at, at the time? I love, I loved to lead worship. I honestly, hindsight, I mean, not hindsight, even in, in the site, I hated making records. Like I hated Cause it's the so, studio. It's labor. Oh yeah. I hate the studio. Honestly, I hated touring, like all the things that I didn't know I was going to hate cause it was my first record, but, uh-huh. um, I definitely wasn't wasn't feeling alive in the studio. I just I love to be in front of people. It's what I still do now. It's Are why you a three? I, uh, I I'm actually a nine. Oh really? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. Okay. Um, people people four seven on me. You know, I'm actually not a big enneagrammer. You know, okay. to be honest with you, like, but this is Nashville. The, the, well, I know, which is why I'm not a big enneagrammer because it's like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Ian Cron. Like it's just like the the enneagram has become like like a religion. Anyway, so so yeah, like you know, the record came out. It went number one all over the planet because I made my son cry, you know? And so like, I just, I'm wondering, and I'm asking you God, to, like, you God, have to what sleep at night with that. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we, we sold a couple records because of it, because of it, but that's what that was. And it was, uh, it definitely put, um, put, put us a little bit in the spotlight and, you know, built a platform that I didn't know was going to be there. Yeah. I already kind of had one, but, um, uh, it definitely grew. And, um, that's that, so that was single ladies, man. It was, it was, it was crazy. What, a, so this, I mean, this relates to me, and so, I, how do you off the tail? Like clearly, you know that's going away. Like clearly, like with a viral Absolutely. thing, you know it's gonna dip. How do you process what you do next? Like this yeah. opens up all these new opportunities. This yeah. is kind of happening to me. Like this opens up new opportunities, but you also have to be diligent with those opportunities and not waste them. Yeah. What did that look like for you? It, it looked horrible. <laughs> it, it, it looked horrible for me. Uh, you know, I, gosh, I honestly, like, I wish that happened to me now. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that happened to me as a man in his mid-40s that has lived life and has life experience and has a, a much deeper relationship with Holy Spirit now. And, um, man, because I look back then, and I I just was a mess. I was a knucklehead. I was neck deep in, and we'll get into some of this conversation later, yeah. but neck deep in sin. And and um, it, it just, you know, looking back now, if I could, if I could talk to myself, you know, then who I was then, gosh, it really was. Don't go chase again. Don't go chasing after whatever this opportunity is going to provide you with next. Continue to chase after the Holy Spirit. Continue to chase after who Jesus is. And then that man, if I could have just done that, you know, yeah, opportunities were granted, and even in the midst of of me being a knucklehead, the Lord still provided incredible opportunities because of it. But I just know that I wasted. Um, that that I wasted an opportunity, a lot of opportunities to advance the gospel instead of advancing myself. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, did you take, I mean, it's what, so it is, it's 2011, 2012. Yeah. Is that what, is that what propelled the 
the book career, like the author career, or did that propel the speaking? Yeah, like, were no. people trying to book you to speak because of this video? Yeah, no. So I mean, you got to think. So this was my first record that was coming out. I still did a whole other record after this. So I, there was zero, there was zero thinking that I was ever going to transition to become a speaker and an author. Um, and so, so it definitely propelled the music career. I was put in front of you know leading worship in front of you know places that I never, uh, never like like. 60 70,000 people in arenas kind of deal, you know? And um it was it was it was nuts. Now, before this, I was already leading worship. Like I was leading worship at Elevation. I'm really good friends with all those guys. So like from oh, 2000 cool. 2010, maybe 2009 to 2011, I was on a pretty regular rotation at Elevation. So, so you're driving to Charlotte. Driving to Charlotte, flying to Charlotte, you know, kind of on weekends off when I stopped working at North Point. Um and so so that like I was already building that, you know, that side of career. I think I think where where it propelled me was was it just gave me a louder voice and a bigger megaphone and I wish I would have used that megaphone for um for the right things you know yeah and uh and and I don't I definitely don't think I did I used it for self I used it for you know not everything but but I mean I can look back and I can think man you know it actually propelled me into very unhealthy places it propelled me into conversations that were very unhealthy which led to um, unhealthy damage, damage that I did in my own life to my family to, you know, I can, I can look back now and think, man, you know, God gave this as an opportunity for good. And he actually, you know, he, he actually resurrected a lot of the damage that I did, you know, in that season of my life. But I just think that when we're presented with something, um, the, the number one thing we've got to be thinking is, okay, how can I use this to advance my, my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with the Holy Spirit, as opposed to, me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And furthering his kingdom yeah, and not his, ours. Yes, absolutely. And isn't that so interesting how he can use uh, things that don't fit the mold of a standard career path? <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Such as viral social media yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like, I mean, did that, but also, I mean, to give you a little grace, like if some, I don't know what you were offered at that time, but if someone's offering to pay you a bunch of money to do something yeah. without having even asked for it. Yeah. It's hard to say, oh. no, nah, I'd rather further the kingdom. Yeah. Like I at least want to say, I get it. Like yeah. I, oh. as a young person, I don't know how old you were, but like yeah. as a young person saying, Hey, we think you're awesome. Yeah. We want to pay you to yeah. come be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't see even, you know, like Enneagram threes love that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> any other Enneagram, I assume, yeah. Would love yeah. to be I mean, no, encouraged yeah. that way. Listen, listen. I mean, we're still out here trying to pay these bills. I don't think there's bro. an enneagram and money book yet, but I'll, I'll go ahead and write it and just say <laughs> enneagrams one through nine all love money. Okay, <laughs> the end. That'll be twelve ninety nine. That's twelve ninety nine. Sign up for my email list and my course. <laughs> that's so good because I mean that's the reality. It's like we're all trying. Like at a deep, we all want to be validated or feel yes. like we're doing something in the world. And also we want to be able to pay our bills and have a comfy lifestyle. Yes. Now that's another discussion, yeah. like whether or not that's righteous or not. Right. As humans. We'll get into that. But yeah. That, yeah. Um, all right. So that's single. If you want to look it up, single ladies devastation. devastation. It's still, it's still <laughs> on there. And there's also like all these news agencies commenting on it. Oh in YouTube. yeah. And then you they have like 7 million views. on. Yeah. That, yeah. Right? You know, and, do you make any money off of that? No, here's the problem. The reason why is because 
the actual Beyonce single lady song was in the video. Like it was on the radio. Cause so so that, it shut it down and I didn't see a dime off that. That sucks. It sucks. Absolutely. So that's why my speaking fee, just to let you guys know, is a little bit higher <laughs> than you would anticipate. I'm trying to make the money we're back. backdating. I'm just backtracking, bro, from uh, all the, yeah. That's great. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting how you had the forethought to put that on YouTube because YouTube at the time yeah. was still like, like you're a, you're, you're vlogging yeah, or yeah. posting yourself through stuff on videos. You you're know, freaking I, I, weird. I was actually vlogging before that, like, but it, before it was called vlogging. You're just in like embedded in your blog. It, it, it was embedded in my blog and I was, it was, I, I called it, um, like dad life or something. And it was just me with my, my, it was, it was called, um, oh, what was the name of those cameras? They were like flip cameras and they had a little USB stick that would pop out from the side of the camera and you could pop it into your laptop. Was it like a, 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 what's a, I keep wanting to say go cam, a, well, uh, yeah, a handheld type yeah, it thing. It was a handheld type camera that literally just had a flip had, cam. A flip, I think it was called flip, yeah, cam, flip cam. And then it would like pop out a USB stick and you stick it up. And I was like <laughs> vlogging like Casey freaking nice stat like in uh, 2010. <laughs> and like, I get no credit, but like I invented that, that stuff. Dang. But, you're um, welcome Casey. Yeah. You're welcome Casey for, you know, me blazing your trail. <laughs> and I don't even know how we start talking he about just that. He just had a nicer, he just had a nicer camera. Yeah. Uh, no, Absolutely. we were talking about your forethought to use YouTube. Uh, oh, the reason why YouTube, it was because that was the only way I could put it on my blog. Like, oh, like okay. I remember so thinking, to put the like, link. I had to put a link. I had to embed it. So I was like, oh, YouTube will let me embed. Like, real player. Yeah, I mean, we're like back in the real day. Real player, God. So just like, <laughs> gosh, yeah, thinking back now, like, if 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 you were 2020 you, the forethought, like, oh, if I got a million subscribers, yes. I could freaking retire yeah. on this. Yeah. Like, the people that I had a, uh, I, I talked with the parents of, some of the uh, dude perfect guys. Yeah. Those guys oh. are crushing, oh, dude. They're I mean, those, they have hundreds of millions or oh. maybe 50 million subscribers, oh. something. And dollars. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's what interchangeable. They're doing. Yeah. And like props to them. I mean, like they have made something yeah. like every adolescent dude's dream. My 12 year old is like on the roof of my house trying to throw basketballs <laughs> into because of these videos. It's crazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, all right. So I did some research on you and, um, I just want to ask about a few things. Yeah, man. So there's there's a phrase that I think you defined, or maybe you said your wife says that you do for a living, because you, you I th we're a lot alike in that we do a bunch of things, not one thing. Uh -huh. This phrase you use, hope dealer. How does that apply to your career and life now, or like what are, what did that come from? I thought that was an interesting. Yeah, you know, phrase. It just it, I, I kind of came up with that a couple years ago when I was. Um, I was on a plane and and at the time like I, I mean, private it, plane probably was private plane yep yep again nice. I'll, I'll we'll have a link in the <laughs> podcast description um, and I somebody asked me what I did and I think this was before this was like before I'd written my first book but after I'd stopped leading worship and I was like I have no idea like what I do like sometimes I'm Who consulting sometimes I'm leading worship sometimes I'm speaking sometimes I so I just said man I deal hope I'm a hope and, and no I said I deal hope and he said oh you're a hope dealer and I was like oh I like that. Because it's it's honestly what I've always done, and what I hope to continue to do, and what I do now is, you know, I'm like I'm a bridge builder, man. Like I'm I'm trying to give everybody I come across hope. If you you know if you do follow me on Instagram, that's kind of my goal on a daily basis. Like it's not I'm not trying. We ain't talking politics on there. And if mm -hmm. I am, I'm trying to do it in a hopeful way. And people sometimes get a little discouraged or kind of angry at me for well, Carlos. When are you gonna? When you get to stand up for something, when are you going to, you know, make a statement and a stand and be strong? And I'm like, I just I just don't know if me making a stand on something um, is really going to push the needle one way to the other. Mm. Or if I do instead spread hope in the midst of whatever you want me to stand on. I tell mm -hmm. people all the time, I don't stand on policies. 
I stand with people. And so hmm. suddenly when, when I can do that, when, instead of standing on a policy, Carlos, what's your, what's your view on this? What's your view on that? I'm like, well, I'm, actually, I don't have a view on those things because those are policies. But what I do is I have friends that are walking through those things. And so I'm going to walk with people instead of stand on policies. That's kind of where the hope dealing kind of deal. Comes Interesting. From. So you have, it's like a, a, a practice and self-awareness to know that I'm a, I feel more alive or feel like my purpose is fulfilled by being someone that gives other people hope Yeah. instead yeah. of being a talking head. About, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, I and, love that. And, and just being secure in that. Yeah. And it's new, you know, because I used to be when people that read my blog, quote unquote, um, back in the day, <laughs> RIP. Like, yeah. I was, I was like a shock jock back then. Like I was like, I, I was trying to like say countercultural stuff. Yeah. And always like, you know, it used to be my thing was like, I think you even read it like disturber. Like that used to be the reason why you saw that is it used to be kind of my thing. I, I disturb and disrupt. This was my statement, right? Like 2011 ish to disturb and disrupt for the sake of people seeing Christ's face fresh again. And I thought that was such, such like, that was like my thing. Like I even had that on a t-shirt uh-huh. at some point to the disturb and disrupt. And I'm like, at the end of the day, like, I look back at who I was back then when I was trying to be the disturber and disruptor for the sake of people seeing Christ's face first. And I was just an ass. Like, like mm-hmm. I look back now and I'm like, oh God, like, I'm so sorry, you know? And, and I don't, I mean, sure, maybe some, some hard conversations were had because of what I brought out and maybe some people's point of views were changed or whatever. But at the end of the day, it just was, it was more disturbing than it was anything else, you know? And so, um, and it sat there and it didn't. It didn't do, turn into positive. Yeah, it didn't turn into anything positive. It didn't do anything. Um, so I think I think that's also another reason why now, like, I just really am like, man, I don't care who you are. Like, we're gonna, you're gonna love me. I'm gonna love you. We're gonna walk together, and I'm just gonna give you hope. You see more life change in giving people hope, yeah. or get, like helping them. So how does that manifest itself now? Like, got it. You, you wrote some books. You speak. Do you do any like counseling? Like, give counseling or anything? Yeah, it's it's more like um, um, it's not necessarily quote unquote counseling, it's definitely more like inner healing prayer that my wife and I kind of have a ministry, inner healing ministry, pr- uh, prayer ministry where... Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really all the next book, the, the Enter Wild, that, that this whole idea that um, God has called us to, um, Jesus actually has called us to life to the full, not life to 60%. And I feel like so many Christians, what, what's happened is that we get destroyed by some sort of trauma in our life and then we get better and once we get better, we make a deal like, okay, hmm. life doesn't suck like it did back then. I'm just, God, if I can just get to heaven, I know life's going to be 100 there. Mm-hmm. So let me just live at 60%. And I'm sitting here going, actually, that's not what scripture says. It says that we, even in the midst of our trauma, drama, trials, tribulations, now, anxiety, depression, all those things now, mm-hmm. we can still live at life to 100, not life to 60. So what Heather and I have begun to do is walk people through kind of a three-step process that really helps people find um, these these areas in our lives where there's just such wounding and trauma, and and they're not able to to live into the fullness that God's created them to live into, and so step into. And so that's really all I care about now. I just want to help people find freedom. We do that through again through. Uh, you know, events that we do, or honestly, just one-on-one kind of Heather, my wife is like an inner healing ninja in this town. Like people come to her because they know that she, they can go to therapy for three years and they can maybe get some work done. But when they, when they get to her, um, she can get them in five minutes 
to spaces that maybe they haven't un- uncovered yet. And so we're, you know, I've, I've seen this in my own life. I see this through my wife's prophetic giftings and, and how she's come alongside people, really help them find freedom. And now it's all I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. all I want to do is help people find freedom. All I want to do is give people hope. And, uh, and that, and so that, that's really what, what we've begun to do in the last season of our life, maybe the last year. And it's definitely all I want to do the rest of my life. How like, did y'all pinpoint that that was, there was a need there or that you could provide uh, help yeah, in that area? It, it was all my journey, um, of 10 years of therapy. And, um, and it was great. I mean, I'm a big believer in therapy. My last book, Kill the Spider, is all about my therapy, like yeah. all about me going to this place called Onsite here in town. I'm really good friends with Miles, the owner, and that place. Really, I listened to it. Yeah, it, it really helped me um, find healing. But but here's the thing is, is when I got home from Onsite, um, I thought I was 100% healed, but what I was was 60% healed. Like it, it was that life to the 60. It was, it was that, man, life's so much better now. Like things feel much better. But it wasn't complete. And then I ended up finding this dude here in Nashville who, you know, like when when I started sliding back into some old behaviors, I was like, oh, crap, maybe I'm not fixed. Like maybe it was just an experience. Maybe it was just an experience. Like what happened? And then so I'm like, I, I can't I can't go back again. So I found this dude here in town. He had like I'm searching for like somebody told me this term inner healing or sozo prayer or something. I was like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm Googling it and I find like this website designed in like 1996 with this old man's <laughs> face on it. And it just said, you know, it, it was like, he's like, a, he did this thing called heart sync and it was a type of inner healing prayer. So I went to this guy and, um, he changed my life four weeks of sitting with this guy in four weeks, honestly, in one session, but in the four weeks I was with him, absolutely like destroyed my anxiety and depression that I've been struggling with and on medicine with for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And it was gone like over. I'm, I haven't taken another like oh, shit. after 15 years of taking Paxil, it's, it's over. Like, and so I found such freedom in this inner healing prayer that I said, babe, like this, th- whoa, wait a second. Something is happening here. And, and so we realized that I was placing all of my hope in the natural. Like I was placing all my hope for my anxiety and depression and all the things I wanted freedom from in uh, Paxil, doctors, counseling, mm-hmm. exercise, diet, nutrition, all these awesome things that in the natural that's where my hope was. And I realized when I left John after four weeks there that, oh my gosh, I had it wrong. Like my, my hope needs to be in the supernatural. Cause that's actually where the healing happened. And my help is in the natural. So hmm. I think that's, that's kind of where we're trying to help people get to is like, Hey, listen, you've spent all your time and energy in the natural and that's awesome. And that's very helpful, but it's not going to be your hope. Cause you're not going to find complete healing there. You're gonna find complete healing in the supernatural which just needs to be your hope. So your hope's in the supernatural and your help is in the natural. And that's just where we're trying to get people you know, to step into. Is it just redirecting their attention to Christ or is it more of like a meditation? I'm just, I mean, this is new to me. So yeah, I'm, just, sure, I'm yeah, very curious. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess practically, what does it look like? Is it yeah. inner healing prayer? What does that mean? Yeah. So, so it's, it's honestly, it's, it's hearing directly from Holy Spirit in your, in our sessions, in, you know, walking him, allowing him to uncover things, you know, it's, and it's, again, it's very similar to therapy. You know, like you, you find a lot of therapists now that are stepping more into this kind of realm, a Christian therapist in this kind of realm of inner healing, heart sync kind of meditation. Yes. There's, you know, where, when I was with, with John and his, in his library doing this, like 
we prayed for three hours. I mean, it was like three hours of praying as opposed to like, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. it was like, Holy Spirit, lead and just us, sitting in that. lead us right now. Where, where do you want us to go? You know? And then, I mean, mind blowing stuff happened in there. That That's scary. Uncovered things that I was like, holy crap. Like, I don't remember that. And suddenly I'll, I'll just tell you now, like it's what I realized so much of my pain and trauma was coming from was there was. You know, we talk about forgiveness in in Christianity all the time, like, uh-huh. and we, we talk about forgiveness from God to us and forgiveness to of, others. To others, that's it. Th- those are the two. We never talk about forgiveness of self, and that is where so many people are completely bonded and in, cha- in chains. Yeah. Because I I had been shaming the part of me from 2011, single ladies' days, that destroyed my family, that destroyed my life, and so I would say things like, "Man, I can't stand that guy." Like I I um. We'll say things like, oh, I don't want to talk about that guy. And, you know, I'm in John's office and he's like, bro, that guy is still you. Like, like that's a part of you that you're shaming. So you're shaming yourself. So suddenly through this inner healing prayer, I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to reconcile that part of who I am because God still made that part, but I've cut that part out of me. I got to bring that part. I and mean, we're way deeper than I thought we we're going to get. But, but I got to bring that part of me that I've been shaming for 10 years back into relationship with the rest of my heart because there's a hole in my heart because I've, I've literally taken a part of me and like trampled it and shamed it. Once I brought that back, forgave and asked that part of me. Now, here's the difference. Not forgave that part of me. Yeah. Ask that part of me to forgive me. Now we're getting really crazy. Okay. So suddenly like I'm asking that part of me to forgive this part of me that's been shaming him. Suddenly my heart comes back into alignment and the heart palpitations stop. The panic attacks stop. All Hmm. of these things stop because I finally found out that I'd been shaming and there's been unforgiveness in my life towards myself. Man, and that's that inner healing that we're talking about. Dang. That's bringing parts of you back to back together that uh, that only the Holy Spirit can do. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm a big believer in counseling and therapy, mm-hmm. but if you want, I mean, if you want to truly find freedom, like you're not going to find it in a therapist chair because like, it's just like recurring things. Yeah, talk about the same. Type yeah, things. you know. And so, um, anyway, that's far than I wanted to get at this point. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's helpful, and I I just. That's that's all I want to do is I want people to find hope and find healing and find freedom. That's so. a that's a huge calling. And you've, and you've yeah. seen results from like oh. other people's lives change. Yeah, I mean, mind blowing. I mean, is there anything stuff. better than that to see someone's? No, it's no. all I want to do. I'm telling you. Do you get do you get people that are skeptical or get people that are like, dude, this is some frou frou? Yeah, weirdo Absolutely. Stuff. <laughs> well, because I I get I get me I get the version of me in 2017 that walked into John's office going. I don't know, man. This is kind of, this is crazy. Like I mean, he's, he's sitting across from me, staring me into my eyes. And like, he said, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to ask Holy spirit to ask us where we want to go today. I'm like, what? Come on, bro. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I grew up, listen, I, and I worked at, at churches and grew up in the, in a church of, um, of sin management. That That's like where yeah. that, that's the church I, I, I grew up in. It's, yep. it's the churches I worked in. It's, you know, it's not, not just necessarily just specifically saying, the churches I worked in were that way, but in general, evangelicalism, you know, through the seventies, eighties and nineties, I feel like was like, and even now is a sin management land. And I, what had happened was I, I'd actually changed churches right when I went to find this guy and I'd kind of stepped off the boat of sin management and onto the land of like miracle signs and wonders. Huh. And so like, as this conservative evangelical Baptist kid mm-hmm. in his forties that suddenly steps off and and I suddenly am like, what world am I living in right now? And I didn't know that this stuff was available. Um, it man, it's changed everything. Yeah. And so like, psh, we're all in. That's amazing. Yeah. What about your? How does that? 
translate to working with Jamie and like to write love on our arms? Don't you do yeah. some speaking for them? Yeah. I don't, How, what does that look like? Yeah. I don't really necessarily do speaking for them. Um, He's just a really good friend of mine, and okay. I wear his gear, and, I, oh, and okay. I tell people about it all the time. So at any event I speak at, I'm always wearing to write love in our arms, but just because oh, I'm okay. big, I'm a big uh, believer in in what he's doing and what he does, and um, you know, and and in mental, you know, helping people with mental health issues, and and so, you know, I w- I was talking about this in my own life way before it became cool to talk about anxiety and depression. Like I'm telling, I mean, I'm when I had my first panic attack in 2004, like I was told that I didn't have enough faith that I'm not praying hard enough, all these things. And so I began to share about this on my blog where you were uh, disrupting. Yes. And disturbing. Yes. Back in, back in the day, I was, I remember I took my very first Paxil pill in 2004 and I did it on YouTube on my blog, so no, it was before YouTube. Somehow I put a video on my blog uh-huh. uh, of me taking it. And, wow. and I just wanted people to know, listen, I know I'm not the only person out here that's taking this stuff. Like, And so I took it, bro, it was like people were freaking out, like freaking out that I did that back then. That and, was taboo. 2004, oh, yeah, yeah. nobody was talking yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. So I began, but it was my reality. And I couldn't like even lead worship because I'd have a panic attack when I'd walk on stage. So I'm yeah. like... Listen, I'm, I know I'm not the only one, and more and more people started talking to me about it. And then Jamie and I ran across each other in like 2000 and uh, maybe 10 or 11. Um, I led worship at an event he was speaking at, and then we kind of hit it off there. And then we maybe became close friends like 2016. And so since then, I mean, he's you know I he just moved to Nashville. I literally flew to Orlando and got in a U-Haul and drove him. Oh, that's right. And yeah, I remember y'all posting about that. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm talking to him tomorrow. I'm, I'm oh, doing a recording a pod tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's awesome. So if you need to know what kind of friend I am to Jamie Torgowski, I'm the I'm the only friend that said, sure, I'll drive you to U-Haul with you when he asked everybody There's else. There's a lot of friends that would say, I mean, yeah. I love you, bro, but <laughs> I mean, helping people move oh, is yeah. one of my least favorite things uh, in too. itself. But too. That's a long freaking drive. It was it was a long drive. It was me, in a U-Haul. Gracie, and, and him. It was a dog and Sweet him. pup. Yeah. There's some daily comforts that just make you grateful and feel more grounded in life. Petting your pups, smashing the snooze button, and of course, that first cup of joe in the morning. These are things that you count on every day to help you get where you want to go. Things like the Upper Room Daily Devotional Guide. You can count on the Upper Room for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It's the only daily devotional magazine written by readers, ordinary people, people who have encountered God in daily situations. The Upper Room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or printed magazine. Enjoy a free 30-day trial of their email or app service by visiting upperroom.org welcome. That's upperroom.org welcome to get your first 30 days free. So I started listening to your book yesterday, Kill the Spider. So yeah. I got through the time and on-site time, like the premise of... Uh, attacking the actual spider, not yeah. the cobwebs of your life. Do you mind talking about the premise yeah. around that book? Because it seems like a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not finished with the book, but sure. I started I it. can tell you're not free yet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see how stressed yeah, and anxious I, uh, I am? <laughs> if I guarantee if I see you tomorrow, you're going to be so much more free. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so Kill the Spiders is the name of the book. My last book came out. 2017. 2017. It's been what I've been you know, speaking about the last few years. And um, and it's, it's quite simple. A, a spider is an agreement you've made with a lie. And most Christians deal with the cobwebs. And so if a spider's an agreement you've made with a lie, 
A cobweb is a medicating behavior that brings comfort to that lie. So hmm. what's an example? Know, so examples. So we've got uh, cobwebs are easy to find, right? So what are the medicating behaviors that we're, that we're using? That's where we spend all of our time. So alcohol, mm-hmm. um, uh, pornography, uh, artificial intimacy, gossip, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a- any of these things that, that like if you stay up till 2 a.m. and there's an infomercial, like the infomercials are like trying to get you to clean the cobwebs. If you walk down the self-help aisle at Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble, it's like cobweb aisle. It's like five steps to a better marriage, three mm-hmm. steps to budgeting your money, four steps. To, these are all behavioral issues that that we're using to medicate a, a deeper lie that we believe. And so most people don't want to deal with the the lie. They want the, it's a lot easier to clean the cobwebs. And you know, continuing on the, with that analogy, right? Like if you look up and you see a spider like really high in the corner, you know, of your house, and it's like really far away. Um, you're just not going to mess with it. Yeah, you know? or if it's in a corner or if that it's you in don't a corner, look at You don't look much. at, right? Or like, but I guarantee you, if you stick your hand underneath like a lampshade and you feel a cobweb hit your hand, you freaking go kung fu, right? You start uh-huh. you, you just start going crazy. If you uh-huh. run into it in your, in your garage, like we go nuts. So we care way more about these cobwebs, but not about whatever's producing it. So the whole book and the idea in the book is helping people get away from the cobwebs to find the agreement with a lie once you find that agreement with the lie, then you can break that agreement with the lie and then you can find freedom. So again, mm. this is uh, Kill the Spiders. Really, it was like the intro. It, well, it's like inner healing uh-huh. to to like for people that are scared of that kind of word. Like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like it's like I can talk about inner healing with this analogy around conservative Christians that may not may not want to even get to the point of like you know, the charismatic world of, of inner healing. But, yeah. but this analogy, anybody can relate to that. And anybody, and so that's, that's really at the very, very center crux of everything that my wife and I do is helping people break agreements with the enemy. And the, the idea is how to find those agreements. How do we get there? And that's where we really help people is help people find it. Cause once you find your spider killing, it's easy. Like that's the easy part. Like you confess the lie, you reject the lie and you replace the lie. Mm. A- any, that this is biblical per se. Uh, uh, it is biblical, but but there's. I mean, any psychologist is going to tell you the same thing. Like they're just taking biblical principles. Like yeah, they're going to help you. A psychologist is going to help you find the lie, break the lie, and replace that lie with the truth. And that's the same thing as what Scripture tells us to do. So basically, like turning from our sin and or like identifying the sin, seeing it, confessing it. Turning it. it, turning from it, turning from, but not only turning from it, but replacing it. See, that's where most Christians leave a gaping hole for sin to come okay. back in is, is we, we find the lie we believe and then we confess it and we reject it. And we're like, okay, God, take it from me. Uh-huh. And then we turn and we try to like do better. But God's like, no, no, no. You actually now have to, that hole that you've taken, that you've created by taking this lie out, you have to fill it back up with my truth. And so that's where we have to find scripture uh, yeah. to replace. And that's just that last step that I feel like so many people that are looking for freedom are missing. That's a word um, right that there. That you've got to replace the lie with truth. You can't just get rid of lie. Mm. Yeah. And it's, I think I, I really liked the analogy because it, I mean, a lot of people need a story in order to like understand a concept. Sure. And that like characterizes a thing that is, feels intangible Yeah. to say like, yeah, I drank a ton. Right. And to, 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 basically like personify the thing that is 
causing you to drink a ton, I yeah. think is very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't s- just throw it, away the liquor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, liquor is also delicious. <laughs> yes. And very. expensive. Yeah. Um, have, have you seen, I mean, since 2017, have you, have you gotten good feedback about the book? And, oh man. I mean, did you ever see yourself as someone that could provide ideas like that? Oh no, man, not at all. Like it, it, it <laughs> did you feel unequipped to be absolutely. that type of person? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a therapist. Like I'm not a, you know, I don't, I don't see myself as this sage and as this guy uh-huh. that, um, but when the Holy Spirit revealed this to me and when I began to use it in my own life and I started seeing other people use it in theirs. And then now, I mean, the book, the book has sold like over a hundred thousand copies Dang. literally all out of my trunk. I'm, I'm telling like n- no marketing budget, no, like nothing. Was people, it self-published or did you? No, I, I published it traditionally. But y'all didn't sell it to like the Barnes and Nobles. No, like it wasn't in any stores. It wasn't anywhere. Wow. And, and what ended up happening is people read the book and what happens is they, you know, they, pe- most people pick the book up and they read it in a day. Like it's one of those stories where you just kind of, you start reading it and then oh, I don't want to put it down. And so that's nice. they read it in a day or two and then they buy 10 copies and they give it to their friends. And then the same thing happens. So I saw this thing grow mushroom and balloon into, into the, you know, something I never thought it was, you know, it would turn into. My first book was like a, a blazing failure. Like, well, I did a two book deal. Like the first one, I can't remember how many, I don't know how many copies it sold, but not a lot enough to where the publisher was like, man, the second one better be. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, we put a lot of money in the first one, but listen, we're just not going to put a lot in the second one, which is fine. It's like such a self like hurting system. And I get it, you know, I I get it. But at the same time, I know that this story is the the story that is going to set people free. So once I, I saw people getting free from what I, what I honestly consider like basic training, spiritual warfare, basic training, um, I said, okay, I've, I've got, this is all I want to do. So now the next book is like if Kill a Spider is basic training, Enter Wild's like Navy SEAL training yeah. when, it, when it comes to what, what I'm kind of hoping people get out of it. Isn't it interesting how God can place you in a position where you are unequipped yeah. and feel so uninspired or feel, I'm just, I, I share in this so much, like yeah. being an average dude and knowing, knowing what you know in your brain yeah. and being like, dude, God, nobody... Yeah. And nobody can learn anything from me or I have nothing new to give. Right. Uh, but he will put you in a position yeah. to say, try me, bro. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that, that leans kind of where I want to go. I mean, yeah. I'm very interested in your career because I think you're a great speaker and I'm loving the book so far. Kill the, kill the spider. Kill the spider. Yep. Your, your next book is coming out in June, June 20 or June 16th. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will pick that up then and everybody awesome. should go by that. Um, but it, it brings up the, conversation about book deals, money, consumerism, celebrity. You've experienced some of this now and you've worked at Elevation Church. Oh, I'm actually friends with so many of the dudes that are, that have been on your page. Right. And so I, (laughs) I, I thought you'd be a helpful perspective because I, I'm really trying to get both sides and get, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, I recognize this is, I didn't sign or I didn't plan for this to happen. And I am trying to make this to be, helpful to those because yeah. the premise I think is still valid. Like should like as a church, what do we do with consumerism, capitalism yeah. and celebrity within the bigger Western church? Yeah. Um, all the, all of us who are just, you know, not living in a third world country who are very comfy, yeah. very rich relative to the rest of the world. Um, so I would like to get your perspective on a few things. Sure. You've sold a hundred thousand books that, and you've worked in churches. Yeah. I, I would like to hear about, um, if you've ever been maybe criticized for how you spent your money as someone right. that like represents the church of Jesus. Yeah. And then also maybe talk about what your thoughts on 
call out culture sure. and then what we do with Christian celebrities. Yeah, man. So that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. That, but that's just whatever lot. you want to talk no, yeah, about. No, we, we can talk. Yeah, we, no, we can. You know, I, I, um, let me, let's start with, um, uh, maybe people questioning me for instance. Yeah. So, or how that felt if, or how that if, felt. If, yeah. That you know, happened. like, like, I mean, here's the deal. I, I, I have not made a lot of, of, of honestly, I haven't made a lot of money. You can sell just so you can do the math. You can sell a hundred thousand books. Um, and you still can't make you, you still could not make a lot of money based on whatever the advance is or how much the, your publisher's getting things like that. Right. Um, and so I'll go ahead and be honest. Like book m- book money hasn't been how I've been supporting my family. Okay. Cool. Um, so what I have to do to support my family is I have to go and I've got to speak and um, or I create courses. I could create courses online. So I've got a bunch of online courses, and I'd say most people haven't given me a hard time about it. But but recently. I'd say Reese, maybe the last year, more people have. Like, Sorry. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's completely your fault. <laughs> um, um, and and he, here's the deal. Here's the crazy thing. So like I actually created a course called Serotonin Spark. And it was it was a course where it's it is a course where I help people um, with with their mental health issues. And I take people through um, what I have found a, a lot of what I do in my next book, what I found very practical for me, a dude in his mid 40s who finally got past his anxiety and depression. And I'm like, I'm just gonna put this down. And so I made this course. And I made a free version of the course. And um, like it was like, the, I don't know, a five video thing. Mm-hmm. And I gave it away. And I got like, I don't know, I got like 15,000 people went through this course. Dang. And then I was like, sweet. Now I'm gonna sell one, so I'm gonna make a bigger one, and I, and I like sold that one for I think it was like 149 bucks, and man, everything's fine. Like I'm actually I made I made great money with That's that. It's a great to, business model, it just great. like objectively. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's kind of how how you know I've got a lot of courses I do, but so for this one, but then I got this one email that someone was like, "How could you? You're actually gonna charge me to help me get better yeah. like that?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> You know, because can I tell you? But that what, still pisses you off I'll, when I'll, somebody's like, "How could you?" I know, and and, and here, they're like, "How could you?" And I'm like, "I've got to, I've got to pay my bills." Like, I don't work for a church. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people see me as a pastor because I speak in churches and stuff. I work for myself. I get no salary from anyone else. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell everything I, I have to you. Like, I'm gonna sell. <laughs> I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell on the street. I'm gonna sell in the back of a church. I'm gonna sell wherever I'm at. Because I gotta, I've gotta eat, and my kids have to go to, you know, school. They go to school. You know, I gotta pay for yeah. all these things. So, you know, I appreciate your level of security in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sell it, and and guess what? There's scripture involved in the course. Like, I'm gonna teach you the Bible, and I'm going to charge you for teaching you the Bible. Like, because it took me, I, I think I, last year was like 180 hours of research and development for this course. Then I had to film the course. Then I had to edit the course. Then I had to hire, hire an editor, and so. I still think that like you're getting you're getting all of this that I got that finally got me free for like what it would cost you for like one hour of therapy. Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to charge you. But still, it bothers people. It just bothers people when Christians make money. It yeah. bothers people um, when people use the name Jesus and then and then make money. And I've just never I've just never had a problem with it. And, and I think because I know my heart and I know that that um like I'm. I have to answer. I have to answer to God. I yeah. have to answer on Judgment Day when I'm standing before Him, and so, um, like the haters don't have to answer for me. Like right. I, I have to answer for me. Um, so anyway, you know that that's 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 my my thought on, on you know kind of the the people that have hated on me for making money. Nobody really, 
and again, nobody really hates on us a whole lot these days. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we got a little bit of hate because in the last year, we've taken my I've taken my family to. Um, we went to London, we went to Paris, we went to Beijing, we went cool. to Uganda, like we homeschool our kids. So we travel, that's our thing. Like maybe that's my sneaker. Okay. <laughs> right, 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 I, yeah. that, like, like maybe that's it. So, so like we, when we travel, we travel and we go on safari and we do these things. And so I did, we have my wife it. and I, we post about it and people are like, oh man, I could, I mean, how much money are you making to take your family all these places? And what I could do is pull my phone out and give them an Insta tour of my 1999 Honda minivan that is paid for, yep. that we don't spend our money on these things. Like our, our home is a 1950s ranch style. Like it's it's not the home that I thought when I, oh, when I'm 40 years old, like that's the house I want to live right, in. No, right. it's actually like, um, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, man, all my friends have nicer houses than yeah. me. But you know what they don't do? They don't travel the world like we do. So we've chosen to spend our money in that way. And there was there was one time that I actually posted, it's it's on my Instagram feed somewhere where I like I defended myself because there were there were enough people in comments going like, man, like, you know, how are you doing this? Are you using the money that you're getting from churches to do this? Um, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> actually, when I spoke at that church, some of that money was used to take my kids to Africa. Um but what it wasn't used for is, I mean, that's just the thing that makes you uncomfortable. You know, yeah. it's um, so anyway, man, it's I do have a lot of thoughts and we can keep talking about all this stuff. But um, I have felt some of that pushback, you know, uh, we're, we're not we're not lavish like in our lifestyle, um, but we are lavish in our travel. Yeah. And so um, do you think uh -oh. any of that like do you think any of that's valid or like do you think it's worth it's kind of a leading question? But sure. do you think there's a shift happening where people are more concerned about that now or like do you think it's valid yeah to care about what you're posting yeah yeah, yeah. so i think it's valid to care about what you're posting because uh, i care about what i'm posting like i think about everything that i post like i'm there's not a post that goes up that i haven't thought because uh, just so everyone knows like maybe 20 percent of what i what i record actually gets posted because i'm i think oh no nah, no nah, that's gonna that's gonna bring up conversation I don't yeah, want to yeah. have on Instagram. So there's some wisdom there. Like there's definitely some wisdom, you know, involved in in that. And so I I do think everyone needs to be wise in in what they're posting. And um and and at the end of the day my my, my view on on people that um maybe or on the conversation being valid on, you know, should, should, should we really be having massive conversations about sneakers and pastors on the internet? And should we be, you know, when, when I look at, at the comment section, especially at the beginning of preachers and sneakers, it's funny. I told my wife when I first saw the account, I'm, I'm scrolling through it and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a case study on kill the spider. Like I'm, I'm yes. reading, I'm reading right now, like a case study on people's wounds. Yep. And, and so what I saw in the comments section projection. was just so many hurt people that had been hurt by the church. And I could, I could point them all out. I was, oh, that guy got hurt. That guy got hurt. Yep. That guy got hurt. And so what that does is it, it produces medica medicating behaviors, which is public shaming. Um, so anytime I see somebody shame somebody else in public, I think, okay, they're medicating a wound. So I'm not going to actually blast them for shaming. I'm going to say, okay, what's what's down there? Like, like what, what's the deep thing? I, Jamie would never in a thousand years be offended if I said this, cause I've said this to him. Um, but he'll tell you he's been wounded by the church. He's been, mm -hmm. he's been hurt. Uh, and so, you know, th there's things that are bringing some of this, like 
passion up in you know when he's putting comments out there. Yeah, yeah. And he would never in a thousand years say that he's one hundred percent on the right side. He's you know he's he's searching, but his emotions are also valid. And all of all the people in your comment section when I was first seeing those, I was like, they've got there's validity to these feelings. They've gone through something that has been wounded, that's wounded them in some way, shape, or form. And now social media is allowing us public forums that were never there before. Right. So I don't think that the I don't think that there's been like an acceleration in people's um, kind of radar for you know oh that that's wrong or that's right hypocrisy. Yeah, hypocrisy. I don't think unquote. that any of that's been like. No, that's new. New. It's just been. It's just louder. Yeah. You know. It's it's everyone just has equal access to to voice. Yeah. Uh, you know. And so and I just collectively think we, it can be negative. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. It can toxic. be toxic. And so you know, I just think. For you, like I think this podcast is a is a. I'm so glad when I heard you were going to start doing this because I'm like, oh, now now there's a conversation. Like, yeah, like yeah. now we've got conversation as opposed to like I'm like some of the dudes on your on your channel like they we're we're a mile away from where my hospital where my daughter was in the hospital for 21 days in November, mm -hmm. and so many of the dudes with the sneakers on your on your account like flew to Nashville to go pray for my daughter who was deathly ill. We, we thought she was dying mm -hmm. in a hospital. And, and I think to myself, yeah, like there's, there's the Instagram accounts, not personal enough. Like there's no, there's not humanity involved in there. Like I'm always looking for the humanity and what you're doing now with this podcast is you're inviting the humanity into, into the conversation, which now this feels like such a more, um, you know, Help, it, helpful, help, helpful and healthy way to have conversations like this. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, it's my I, 10 cents. Yeah. I, I it was worth about seven cents. <laughs> okay. <but. laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I, I appreciate that, that, that perspective. Cause yeah. that, uh, there's no argument with that. I mean, sure. they're like to have the dudes show up and be about it and right. not just be wearing the sneakers. Yeah. You, no one can argue no, with that. No and, can. and also yeah. it's, that's, I think what, so it's back and forth. That's what we're called sure. to do. Like they did that in private. Yeah. And they so served you and blessed you with yeah. that. And no one will ever know about that except for our, for us talking about it. Right. And so that brings up another question for me. It's like, if someone's doing this, like Mike Todd, like given paying all those people, all of that uh, money for money. all those great things. Yeah. Like, you know, objectively, that's a really great thing. Yeah. Should we do that in private or right. like is, or are other people served by that being public Yeah, um, and seeing that, Hey, there is, there are churches out here that are, that are being about it and are putting actual money to where their mouth is. Yeah. Uh, that brings up all these different things. Yeah. Cause like people, all we can see is their Instagrams. Sure. Um, and they look great. Yeah. Well curated, clearly have creative teams and stuff. Yep. And so, I, you know, I see both sides of it in that, like all I get to see is that. Right. And, uh, all you it, all you choose to see, right? Because we we don't have to follow these people, right? Like like, I mean we, we you know at the end of the day like we don't ha we don't have to follow them like right. I don't have to follow um, people that I think oh my gosh like they're they're really bothering me. Uh -huh. There's plenty of people that actually bother me that I know love Jesus, but I just can't follow them. Yeah. I'm talking about even like family members. If you're listening <laughs> to this, I apologize. But like you know like because I'm I'm like ah oh, I just don't you know. So I mean I don't know. Yeah yeah, yeah. no and I I think it, it it works both ways because they could also be private. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. But it, does it speak to a larger cultural issues? Like at a micro level, yeah. all your homies I'm sure are great and have perfect oh, intentions. Yeah. And, well, or I mean, not, perfect, not perfect, not perfect intentions, <laughs> bad word. Yeah. Um, but, but at a micro level, I'm yeah. sure 
I could dap any of them up and they would probably do anything for me as a person sure. and yeah. full of love. Yeah. I've, I've talked with a lot of them too. Yeah. Not all of them. Yeah. Um, now, now a lot of your, a lot of the guys on there, I have no idea who they are. Right. They may be, they may be jacked up, you know, and full of self and full of, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know everybody on your, on your page, but yeah. I, I do know the ones that I do. Yeah. yeah. And, but at, at a macro level is, it seems like that's worth talking about this whole, like we've made celebrities out of yeah. people that started just preaching the gospel. Yes. We've made celebrities out of people that have just led worship. Yeah. And now we've created new idols. Yeah. Um, and we all want to idolize something. I was talking to Luke Rogers earlier, who is, yeah. um, who's Aaron Rogers, older brother. Okay. And we were just talking about fame and how we all idolize people. Like he, idolized... is he jealous of no. his brother? No, oh, no, okay. no, no. He's, he's pretty secure. He yeah. idolizes Bill Murray. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, so I said like, if I saw John Mayer in the streets, I'd probably freak out. And he's like, well, my Bill Murray would probably be the person I do. Yeah. But you, you know, you, we make these idols out of these people. And I think that's what I want to focus on more. Like, yeah. I don't give a shit about yeah. the sneakers yeah, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get it. I, I get think it. it's worth, uh, I think it's worth all of us to consider how we curate our image online yeah. and, um, to maybe try to prevent looking like we're elevating ourselves. Sure. And it's so hard, like having social media accounts to not post, to try to get other people to envy. Yeah. So like I talked to Jonathan Bakuda this summer about it and he made a really good point about this. I stole this from him. Yeah. It's like so much of what we do on social media is just to make other people envy us. Sure. And most that's a sin. Like right. to cause other people <laughs> to sin is right. a sin. Um, and I think for me, I never took that seriously. Yeah. Like if I was at the game on the court, like yeah. I have a friend in the NBA. So like if I was in the, the locker room before yep. the game, I was showing people. Oh yeah. Look how tight my life is. Oh yeah. Dude, I got to repent of that. Yeah. And I think as as uh, Christians, we ha we have to do that. Yeah. And we have to be really freaking careful with social media. Yeah. Obviously, it's super important. Like, yeah. you have impacted so many people from yeah. having so much reach, created a whole career out of it. You can right. provide for your family, can, right. like, uh, protect your family and yeah. provide for them. Um, we just have to be so careful in how we curate that freaking image online because yeah. we don't know what people are going through and how people are in interpreting i got it like we can't control how people interpret sure what we do uh but i think it's i think it's worth being careful i and, think it's worth being careful and that wisdom that i mean even you spoke to of like i don't if i should post this like people might have comments i think there's some health there also like we don't want to be controlled yeah. by the opinions of man yeah. so i've talked to people that are like yeah i was at the beach and i had a great pick of my family and i shared it because I'm proud of the family I have and yeah. I want people to share in the joy that we're having. Yeah. That's also valid. Too. Absolutely. Um, so I, th I just, all that to say is I, I don't have a perfect answer to this. Yeah. I, and I recognize that a lot of this was really messy and I, I upset people and, or like the comments upset sure. people. Yeah. Um, I still hold to the fact that like me personally, I never had any animus towards any of these guys, right. but I, you know, there was some twinge of being like irritated. Like, how is this dude affording thousand dollar shoes? Right. From the, and that's what it sprung from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, and you, you spoke to it briefly, but you're also not a pastor. So like, there's something else in me that gets stirred up when we talk about like the blurry line of tithes and, pastor salaries and type of right. things. So like people will even call me out say, how could you make money off of these hoodies when you're sure created this whole thing? <laughs> and, and my, my one, my, and I'd never say this in the comments, but yeah. my one thing with that is like everyone that's giving me a dollar knows that they're giving me a dollar. Right. Like I've, there's something about the tithes and offering thing where it's like some people are tithing 
trying to be obedient uh -huh. and like further the kingdom. Right. And at least the perception is there's some trickling down to where some of these guys are living lavish lifestyles. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Because like, to me, it seems there's some component of like people getting rich off of yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Oh or, yeah. Or, yeah. or do you have any thoughts about yeah. like what he thinks about that? Maybe. Yeah. I I, two things. I think I, I would love to backtrack for a second sure. back to kind of the social media and just being wise about what we post. I, Yes. I, I just need to say that. Like, yes, a hundred percent. Like yeah. ev everybody, I think you need to be wise, but again, I think that we, you know, it's, it's back to the heart thing. Like it's back to, it's back to having to answer to the Lord himself. And, um, you know, I, I just, I just know that there's a dude that may be, you know, wearing sandals uh -huh. and, you know, he is way more proud about the fact that he is wearing sandals and doesn't have a pair of Jordans on mm -hmm. than the dude that's wearing Jordans even cares that he has a pair of Jordans on. Right. So like, I, I just think that, yeah. that, you know, again, social media is so messy in general, you know, like I think there's, there's, it's, it's, it has become us creating idols and, and, you know, Christian idols. And I got, I do have tons of thoughts on, you know, how suddenly now there are like celebrities, you know, I grew up at Catalyst in, in my career. So like I was a worship leader at Catalyst conference in Atlanta mm -hmm. and, you know, in like 2010 to 2016, when it was like in the heyday of that was like the Mecca, that green room, bro. It was stacked. As, it was stacked and it was nauseating. Like I, I couldn't stand to be in there. And, you know, Brad Lominick, my friend who ran Catalyst for so long, uh, you know, he knows this, but I, th there was just so, so much, there was so much ego. There were posses that came walking in, right? The pastor would walk in with like 15 guys surrounding him. And it, doesn't that feel icky it to you? It felt gross. It felt gross to me in the time, right? And so, um, so I know, so I, I want to say that to you so that you know. Thank you. That I felt that. Right. I was leading worship at those things. So like, yeah. I still felt that. Um, and so, yeah, there is, there's gotta be, there's gotta be reason why it feels gross. Yeah. Okay. So and that's what I want to get yeah, to. So, I don't know what that and, is. And but. I don't know, I don't know what it is either. You know, um, I think, um, but I think everybody knows when they know, Yeah, you know, they like know porn. Yeah. You know it when you see it. <laughs> you know it when you see it. Yeah. And, and uh, so I just want, I want to let you know, although I've been, I have been kind of pushing back a little bit on you in the last few minutes sure. of, of what I was saying. Like, I, I need you to know that Thank I you. do feel like the conversation's valid and that there is something, just don't know what it is, right? Yeah. That there's something. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then leaning into the next question that you asked me with people, I don't know, maybe becoming famous off of the name of Jesus and- Or um, seeming to become rich yeah. off of preaching yeah, yeah, his yeah, gospel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, man, I I would hope that um, I would I would hope that anyone that that is trying to become rich off of preaching the name of Jesus would be held completely responsible by Jesus himself. Come on, you yeah. know, like like I, I would I would hope that that, yeah, that yeah. if somebody is doing that, and and here's the thing, um, I, I think I'm a little bit older than you, mm -hmm. and and when I look back at when I was leading worship. Um, at, at a local church called Sandals Church in Riverside, California, 10 of the best years of my life. This, when I was there from 19, uh, maybe from, uh, when was it? It was like maybe 1997 to 2007. Like there was no, there wasn't, there weren't like worship 
like celebrity worship leaders. Like, yeah. like there, there was, I guess there was like the first Passion came out record came out was like Green, like Better's One Day yeah. record. And <laughs> yeah. I, I remember the first time I saw it was that, Chris I was like, Tomlin, yeah. Michael W. Yeah, those yeah, yeah, yeah. cats. Yeah. yeah, you know, and but I remember like. It didn't feel like it was a like a like a celebrity thing. Like it felt like a movement, just like a big worship yeah, thing. You know, like a big you know. And so and so now you know, like I think it's so important that we have honest conversations. If 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 you if your church suddenly, if you find yourself and you're listening to this and you're like a worship pastor, right? And you find yourself in a meeting at your church going, "Hey, um, that church down the road just put out a worker, worship record. We need to put out a worship record." No, 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 no. like no, yeah, like, yeah. like that's. You're you're suddenly doing this isn't that. a marketplace. No, this it's suddenly become a marketplace, and so I just think that's where it can get really, really dangerous, really, really quickly. That's a really good word. You know, I was um, when I started with Integrity Music, it, it was um, I think I signed my record deal. John Mark McMillan at the same time, Vicky Beeching at the same time. Um, this was like the Steve Fee days, right? And so mm-hmm. like there weren't really Hillsong was the only church I feel like at the time. Maybe there was Planet Shakers to maybe churches putting out worship records. And so now you look at the, at the, again, I'm not giving an answer here. I'm just talking. I'm like, I, we're just, we're, I'm, I'm just tracking, just thinking out loud. Suddenly, like we look, there's a shift now to where there's no longer, actually, there's no more worship artists. There's not, there's not like a worship, like a, maybe, maybe one or two, maybe Carrie Joe, maybe Mac Brock. Yeah. Maybe Mac, <laughs> maybe Mac, maybe, maybe some people that, but, but now it's, it's, it's churches. So right, right. It's, it's a church is the worship artist, like the church. And so, you know, you've got, you got a winter jam right now. And I think it's like, Be- or no rock and worship road. So it's like headlining by Bethel music. Right. Yep. So like, it's Which not started as a church. Yes. Yeah, it was a church and now it's uh you know, and so things have shifted, things have, have moved. And so in that shift and in that movement, you just have to ask new questions. Yeah. Like suddenly you have to ask new questions and you need to say, okay, um, this is a part of our church. Like my church, for instance, the belonging company here in Nashville. So we- Seely? Seely, yeah. Henry and Alex Seely, some of my best friends on the planet. Some of the most anointed worship you've ever heard. Um, they're like, like we have like a, like a, like our worship is there's like, it's like record label world. And this is the first time I've seen it from the inside. Cause I'm a part of this church. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm like, I can see my my senior pastors walking so carefully through every decision that they make, knowing this is an income source for for our church. This is yep. this is going to be so. Man, if if you're even a little bit crooked in in your relationship with Jesus, I'm. We've seen pastors fall the last you know decade or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're if you're not right on and and it being prompted by Holy Spirit on a daily basis with this stuff, I think we're we're, we're gonna see in, entire institutions and structures fall as opposed to just one leader. Yeah. Because because if you get crooked with why you're doing what you're doing, um, if you're in it to make a dollar as opposed to you're in it to make a disciple, um, I'll coin that myself. Mm. Um, then, 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 then I think you know. Then, I, then I think you can get crooked really fast. So, yeah, you know, it's just a different a- day. It's a different age. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help people get to the space where, um, and this is what the the inner healing part of my ministry does. Where, if, if you're so angry at something that you see on the internet, and if it causes just this fire to rise up inside of you. Yep. Where I want to get people to is okay. It's a valid feeling that you're feeling. Yeah. Where is this coming from, and 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 how can we how can we like channel that passion back towards you know um to, towards like the real objective, right? So mm-hmm. 
I may be circling here, but bring it. But um, if somebody is like enraged over somebody wearing, uh, I don't know, we'll go back to the initial what happened with the Instagram account, right? Uh-huh. Wearing sneakers. Um, so my question is, okay, um, where's that? Where's that coming from? And if you if you're upset about them not giving money, this I'm not saying this is you. I'm saying yep, this yep. maybe people not giving money to the poor, and that's what you're really passionate about. So let's let's heal this place that. The rage is coming from not that it's not that it's not true. Okay, so yep. it still may be true. Let's heal that rage, and then now let's take that passion that you have in the comment section, and that you're like yep. rah, and let's now just go to the homeless shelter and pour all that passion Come in on. the homeless people because I just don't think that Mother Teresa was spending any time judging what anyone else is doing, and that she was spending all of her energy pouring into the pr- the, the purpose there. And so yeah. that's that's kind of where I want people to get to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm if I'm stepping on your I'm toe. Feeling, I'm feeling toe too freaking <laughs> challenged because that's the big critique. It's like if you want other people to be about it, you better freaking be yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I love you. <sighs> love you too, man. This is good. It's just like, I mean, that's, that's the real challenge. Right. It's like for followers of Jesus... So like, got it. We shouldn't expect non-believers right. to act the same way as believers. Not at all. We're all hypocrites. Yep. We're all filled with sin. We all need a savior. But for believers yep. that are in the comment section, yeah, asking something of someone else on social media that your ass better be yes. about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's challenging to me yeah. because I live in a very comfy part of yep. Dallas. Yep. And I'm not, yep. I'm, I'm looking through poor people as they're asking for money on the side of the road. Sure. Yet I still expect these guys yes. to be giving away money to the point where they can't afford, oh, can't afford design yeah. or clothing. Yeah. And I'm not, that's not righteous of me. I'm yeah. saying that is, that is the mother freaking spider. Yeah. Yeah. That, or that's the, maybe the cobwebs. No, 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 no. It, well, it's both. Yeah. But, yeah. but what, but what you're actually stating is you, you are in what you just said you started tickling at the lie. Like I, I started to see that develop in what you were saying right now is there is a lie that you believe and, and you're, you're there. I mean, I love it. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to move to India. No. Like, I, like, <laughs> no, totally. like selfishly, I don't want God to call me to drop everything and move to India and live in right. squalor. Yeah. <laughs> Please God. No, <laughs> Please Lord. But also like, that's what we need to be willing. If we actually believe about, yeah. believe that there's a creator of the universe that calls us to take care of the widow and the orphan and the yeah. poor. Yeah. We better be at least yes. open to it. Absolutely. So, all right, well, we're over time. Oh man. Uh, this is great. Super challenging. So I'm very grateful that you came into this yeah. and, uh, I didn't pay you anything. No, unfortunately I can, no. I, I can send you some mar- merch on the back end. Yes. Awesome. Um, but I I'm very, I'm very grateful for your insight on this. Yeah. Um, if people want to find out more about you, yeah. where can they find you? Yeah. Um, I'm really, I live on Instagram, L O S W H I T low sweat. Um, and it, 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 and it helps feed my family if you go pre-order my book right now. So go to <laughs> www.enterwild.com. But, uh, no, seriously. Um, I just, uh, appreciate the conversation and, uh, and I love, actually love the conversation. So. Absolutely. Carlos Whitaker. Let's do this again. Let's do it. All right. Thanks so much for checking out this week's episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe at Apple Podcasts and would really appreciate if you left a rating and a review. Also follow me on Instagram at Preachers and Sneakers, as well as on Twitter at Preachers and Sneakers with no vowels. And even if after that you still want more content, you can head on over to PreachersandSneakers.com, pick up some merch, read some articles I've written, whatever. No pressure. But I appreciate you spending the time with me today. And be sure to tune in next time for the next episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 